Judaizers, the sin of observing the law of Moses, part six. I am Michael Pearl. You are at the door, located in Loboville, Tennessee. This is a product of No Greater Joy Ministries, and you can find us at nogreaterjoy.org. There's lots of free material there for you, and you can find us all over YouTube. The sin of observing the law of Moses, part six. So, we're talking about the Hebrew roots movement, or biblically Judaizers. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear what the law saith? So, why was the law given to Israel? Let's, let's look at some of what the Bible says about the law itself. That's very important to see what the, how the Bible characterizes the law. For this commandment, Deuteronomy now, for this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil. So when the law was given, he said it gave life or death, good or evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land where thou goest to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore choose life, that both you and thy seed may live. Now that's the nature of the law. There's no mercy in it. There's no forgiveness in it. It's very plain. Here it is. Do it and live. Don't do it and die. That's how simple it was. Then in Ezekiel chapter 20, and I gave them my judgments and showed them my judge gave them my statutes and showed them my judgments, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. If you do the law, it'll give you life. That's repeated throughout the Old Testament. I'll show you several of them. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. In other words, the law was given as a way of obtaining eternal life. If you did it, you'd live. And I gave them my statutes, showed them my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them, and testifieth against them that thou mightest bring them again into, unto thy law. Yet they dealt proudly and hearkened not unto thy commandments, but sinned against thy judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. So there it is again. Now we have Ezekiel chapter 20 speaking of the same thing. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They walked not in my statutes. They despised my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. That's repeated throughout the Old Testament. It's very clear that the law was given to give life, but you had to obey it. Just keeping Sabbath, keeping feast days, and doing the best you can, and going along and confessing your sins, and going to the temple and offering sacrifice, that wouldn't do it. You had to keep the law. If you broke it and need to offer a sacrifice, you were damned. That, <laughs> you had to keep the law. Offering sacrifices wouldn't 
forgive your sins. He says that in the book of Hebrews. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, now here's the New Testament, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? So Jesus throws it back on him. You're a student of the law. What does the law say? How do you get eternal life? He answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy might, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. So did Jesus offer grace to this man? Mercy? Forgiveness? No. Say anything about his coming death or resurrection or new birth or coming the Holy Spirit? No. What did Jesus do? He talked exactly like somebody would do in the 14th century B.C. Or the 10th century B.C. Or the 5th century B.C. He talked just like any rabbi would. When asked, what do you do to inherit eternal life? You keep the law. This do and thou shalt live. You see, the Judaizers say that they are worshiping like Jesus and the apostles worshiped. The only thing is, Jesus was in the Old Testament. Jesus never lived in the New Testament period. When Jesus lived on the earth, the sacrifices were still in force. When he healed somebody, he said, go and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded, blood sacrifice. If you do like Jesus did during his lifetime, you'll need to find an altar, start killing animals, but you'll have to have a high priest to do it that's from the tribe of Cohen. And unless you do that, you won't be imitating Jesus Christ because he kept the law. Whenever he healed somebody, he said, go down and offer the sacrifice. So they had to go down and, and go through the seven day of cleansing. Even the Judaizers don't do that today. And they've got no excuse for not doing it if that law is still in effect. Now in Mark chapter 10, verse 17, we read, And when he was gone forth in the way, there came one running, and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Different situation. Thou knowest the commandments, Jesus said. In answer, what should I do? Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. That's how you get eternal life. Do not kill. That's how you get eternal life. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. That's the way you get eternal life. Keep the Ten Commandments and the other 611. 603. Keep the commandments. So why would Jesus tell them that? Because there was no grace yet. There was no cross, no death, no burial, no resurrection, no ascension, no seed on the right hand of God. This was the Old Testament. The book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all cover the Old Testament. The last days of the Old Testament reign. The book of Acts starts with the New Testament. Romans 2, for as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God. Paul said, the doers of the law shall be justified. See the Apostle Paul in the early stages of his reasoning in the book of Romans. Says that if you do the law, you'll be justified. Now how much of the law must you do? All of it. How often must you do it? All the time. How many times can you break it? Not ever. 
If you do, then you're a lawbreaker. How many times would I have to lie to you for you to call me a liar? How many times would I have to steal for you to call me a thief? How many times would I have to murder for the government to call me a murderer? How many times must you violate the Sabbath to be a Sabbath breaker and deserving of death? As, as was inflicted in the Old Testament. And so if you keep the law, he said you're obligated to keep the whole law. If, you keep, if you're circumcised, one law, you keep the whole law. Now, what are the actual results of the law? Romans chapter 7 speaks of the actual results of keeping the law. For I was alive without the law once, Paul said. In other words, he spiritually was doing okay. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Listen to this. The commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it slew me. He said the result of the law coming into his life, probably as a young man, brought death. Why? Because it revealed his sinfulness. It revealed his wickedness, his internal wickedness. So that law which he was ready to embrace to gain eternal life, he found when he embraced it, it was his judge. It condemned him. It faulted him. It damned him. So he died with his embrace of the law, spiritually speaking. Romans 9. What shall we say then that the Gentiles which followed none after righteousness have attained unto righteousness? That's those who believed on Jesus Christ. Even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel which followed after the law of righteousness through the Mosaic law hath not attained to the law of righteousness. So they, no Jew ever achieved God's righteousness, the righteousness it takes to get to heaven through keeping the law. Paul did it. Paul kept the law so much he said, I'm blameless as far as the law is concerned, but it wasn't enough. Because though he kept it outwardly, within he said he discovered he was lustful. Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. You Judaizers today who seek righteousness by the works of the law, you've stumbled at the stumbling stone. The Bible tells us that in him we live and move and have our being, and it says that God has given us in Christ all things that pertain to life and godliness. So I find Jesus all-sufficient. He is my salvation. He's my righteousness. He's my comfort. He's my joy. He's all I need to worship. I don't need anything to worship. Don't need any objects. Don't need any place. Don't need any people. I just worship. I worship when I sleep. I worship when I dream. I worship when I'm cutting grass. I worship. I worship as close to the throne of God as you can get on this earth and not just lose your mind. And I don't need any externals to do it. I don't need the law. I don't need the Sabbath. I don't need holy days or feast days. Christ is all in all. He's sufficient. Why is he not sufficient to the Judaizers? Why are there so many Christians in America who feel that they need to go out and add the law and keep it in its sterileness in order to please God? Is Christ not enough for you? He's enough for those drunks. He's enough for the sodomites who come to him. He's enough for the murderers at the prison that I've dealt with. He's enough for the dopeheads who come to Christ, get born again, get freed. He has been throughout the centuries enough for all people of all lands. He's enough for the heathen. Can you imagine going into a tribal people 
Emmanuel and giving them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and then tell them they need to get planted in Judaism. Get planted in the old culture that God never liked anyhow. You see, God didn't produce the Israelite culture. It was a product of their times. And he tempted to bring them out of that culture to go back and try to reestablish their culture and their language as if it were sacred is <laughs> pitiful. Romans chapter 4. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Remember the promise is going back to Abraham. Because the law worketh wrath. That's what it does. For where no law is, there's no transgression. Therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, seed of faith. Not to that which only is of the law. They were of the seed of faith too. But to that which also is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So, Romans chapter 3, 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. That's the purpose of the law. To stop your mouth and make you guilty. You say, well, we, we Judaizers, we, we use it that way too. It reveals our sin to us. That's a pitiful way to discover your sin. You know what you need? You need the Holy Spirit to fill you so that he speaks to you immediately when you sin. Because there's a 10,000 things the Holy Spirit will point to as sin that's not covered under the law of Moses. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you your sinfulness in ways that other people won't even believe it's sinfulness. That you couldn't prove to other people it was, but God told you it was and you know it to be. He uncovers attitudes and feelings that the law would never come close to. So we don't need the law. It would be encumbersome. It would be a sin to go backward into something that God has set aside for those who died to it. He said, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's the nature of the law. Romans 8. For what the law could not do, it could not do. It couldn't then, it cannot now. In that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of God might be fulfilled in us. So the law failed, but Jesus succeeded. Why go backwards? Why go to something that is old, that is, was a failure, that all it ever did, only success the law ever had was to make everybody guilty. And that's a great deal. That's important. But that's the only success it ever had is to make us guilty before God. So finally, the righteousness of the law will never pass away. When he said not one jot or tittle pass away, he was correct. Because during the tribulation, the Jews will be confronted with the law once again, just as they were in the days of old. They'll be required to keep it, and they will have temple sacrifices. They will kill animals. They will keep feast days. They will do what they originally did before the law, and they will discover their sinfulness anew. And then they will keep the faith of Jesus Christ. But that's for them. That law was given to them. That's not for the Gentiles. And it's not for a Jew today who's been born again because he's, he's graduated to something much higher. But the law's jurisdiction has retired 
for something more effective. Now we're going to later go into the scripture to show you, to give you the details of this, how that the law has not passed away, but I have. The law only covers living people. I'm no longer alive. I'm dead. Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. Very clear on that. And other passages. 1 Corinthians 15, Colossians, Ephesians, all speak of that reality. That's the reality the Judaizers have never learned, being so shallow in Scripture as they are. So if you'll stick with me, you will learn something that will set you free from the bondage of the law. Until next time.